0: This episode of the OrthoBullets podcast will go over the topic of carpal instability non-dissociative from the hand section on orthobullets.com. Carpal instability non-dissociative or CIND is defined as instability between rows that is either radiocarpal or midcarpal. Radiocarpal instability is between the radius and the proximal row, while midcarpal instability is between the proximal and distal row. As far as the epidemiology the incidence of carpal instability non-dissociative is rare. The pathophysiology and mechanism of carpal instability non-dissociative is secondary to radiocarpal instability, otherwise known as an inferior arc injury. This can be from a high-energy injury, this can be from a high-energy injury, where ulnar translation signifies global rupture of the extrinsic ligaments. Distal radius malunion is the most common cause, However, it may be purely ligamentous or have associated ulnar and radial styloid fractures. Associated conditions with carpal instability non-dissociative include intercarpal injury, specifically scapho-lunate or lunotriquetral ligament injuries, acute carpal tunnel syndrome, and or compartment syndrome. As far as the prognosis, volar dislocation is more severe than dorsal. As far as relevant anatomy, The volar extrinsic ligaments include the radioscaphocapitate ligament, the long radiolunate ligament, the short radiolunate ligament, and the radioscapholunate ligament. As far as the classification of carpal instability non-dissociative, let's go over a quick overview of wrist instability. So in the setting of carpal instability dissociative, or CID, you will have intracarpal row instability. So in a DZ deformity, the scapholunate ligament is affected, and in a VZ deformity, the lunotriquetral ligament is affected. In the setting of carpal instability non-dissociated, or CIND, you have intercarpal row instability. That is either midcarpal instability or radiocarpal instability, where you will have ulnar translation and or distal radius malunion, and both are secondary to rupture of the extrinsic ligaments. In the setting of carpal instability combined, or CIC, you will have both intercarpal and intracarpal row instability. So examples of this include perilunate dislocation and scaphocapitate injury. In the setting of a perilunate dislocation, you will have scapholunate, capitolunate, and or lunotriquetral deficiency. Finally, in the setting of carpal instability adaptive or CIA, you will have instability in response to malalignment of the skeleton extrinsic to the wrist. As far as the presentation of carpal instability non-dissociative, there's usually no history of trauma with mid-carpal instability. However, there is usually high-energy trauma that leads to radiocarpal instability. As far as symptoms, patients may have subluxation that may or may not be painful. They may complain of the wrist giving way, and there may be an irritating clunking sign. The clunk is when the wrist is moved ulnarly from flexion to extension with an axial load. On physical exam, these patients will typically have generalized ligamentous laxity. As far as imaging, recommended views on radiographs include an AP and a lateral of the wrist which are required, and optional imaging includes radiographs. As far as findings, you may see sudden subluxation of the proximal carpal row with active radial or ulnar deviation on radiograph. Again, you may see sudden subluxation of the proximal carpal row with active radial or ulnar deviation on cineradiograph. Other findings may include ulnar translation, and keep in mind that the diagnosis is made when greater than 50% of the lunate width is ulnarly translated off the lunate fossa of the radius. Again, the diagnosis is made when greater than 50% of the lunate width is ulnarly translated off the lunate fossa of the radius. As far as treatment of carpal instability non-dissociative, this can be either non-operative or operative. Non-operative management involves immobilization plus or minus splinting, and this is indicated as the first line of treatment. Keep in mind that mid-carpal instability is most amenable to splinting. Operative options include immediate open repair, reduction, and pinning, mid-carpal joint fusion, osteotomy with malunion correction, and wrist arthrodesis. As far as immediate open repair, reduction, and pinning, this is indicated when ulnar translation is associated with styloid fractures. As far as outcomes, you will have poor results with late repair, and remember that ligament reconstruction has poor long-term results. Midcarpal joint fusion is indicated for midcarpal instability, which is preferred over ligamentous reconstruction. Other indications for mid-carpal joint fusion include late diagnosis that failed non-operative management. As far as outcomes, midcarpal joint fusion will lead to 20 to 35% loss of motion. An osteotomy with malunion correction is indicated for distal radius malunion. And finally, wrist arthrodesis is indicated when all of the other operative treatment options have failed. As far as outcomes, fusion of the radiocarpal joint leads to a 55 to 60% loss of motion. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over one quick question to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. A 22-year-old gymnast with known ligamentous laxity has been treated in the hand therapy clinic for six months for left wrist pain and discomfort. Radiographs of the left wrist show no abnormalities. Which of the following physical exam findings would be most diagnostic for midcarpal instability? And the choices are 1. Radial wrist pain with sudden ulnar deviation. 2. Tenderness to palpation distal to the ulnar styloid. 3. Pain and a clunk on ulnar to radial deviation of the wrist while pressure is held on the scaphoid. 4. Pain in the lunate with volar-directed pressure on the dorsum of the hand. And 5. Pain and a clunk with axial and palmarly-directed forces as the wrist is moved from neutral to ulnar deviation. The correct answer to this question is 5, pain and a clunk with axial and palmarly-directed forces as the wrist is moved from neutral to ulnar deviation. So the clinical situation in the question stem is consistent with midcarpal instability. The most common finding on physical examination is a clunk as the wrist is moved from a neutral position and forearm pronation to ulnar deviation with an axial and palmarly-directed load. Carpal instability is a complex condition marked by abnormal kinematics in the carpus. Carpal instability dissociative, or CID, is marked by intrinsic ligamentous disruption. Carpal instability non-dissociative, or CIND, is marked by extrinsic ligamentous disruption between the carpal rows or between the proximal row and distal radius. Included in CIND or carpal instability non-dissociative is midcarpal instability and radiocarpal instability. Radiographs typically show a mild VZ deformity or no abnormalities which was the case for the patient in the question stem. Videofluoroscopy is diagnostic as the proximal row assumes a volar flexed position then snaps into extension as the wrist is moved into ulnar deviation. Lickman et al. provided an overview and historical perspective of carpal instability. Carpal instability is divided into dissociative and non-dissociative. They concluded that there are several causes and patterns of carpal instability leading to carpal subluxation. An in-depth understanding is required for proper treatment. Apergis et al. described 14 cases of midcarpal instability treated with ligamentous reefing of the midcarpal joint and the radiolunate joint. They reported excellent results in eight cases, good in five cases, and fair in one case. To quickly go over the incorrect answers, answer one, radial wrist pain with sudden ulnar deviation is incorrect, as a positive Finkelstein's maneuver is radial-sided pain with a clenched thumb and ulnar deviation of the wrist. Answer two, tenderness to palpation distal to the ulnar styloid is incorrect as a positive fovea sign is found with pain on palpation distal to the ulnar styloid. Answer three, pain and a clunk on ulnar to radial deviation of the wrist while pressure is held on the scaphoid is incorrect as a Watson scaphoid shift test is pain and a clunk on ulnar to radial deviation of the wrist while pressure is held on the scaphoid tubercle. And finally, answer four, pain in the lunate with volar-directed pressure on the dorsum of the hand is incorrect, as this describes pain in the lunate as in box disease. That's all for this review about carpal instability non-dissociative, or CIND. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the OrthoBullets podcast, a daily audio review session by OrthoBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education.